Welcome to episode 220 of Coffee Pods and Wads. What if I told you there was a magic elixir that can grab fatigue by the throat and stare it down into submission so it no longer poses a threat to all of your precious PBs? Rain Body Fuel exists and it's got lots of palate-pleasing flavours to choose from. And what if I also told you that there was a magical device that if you could wear it, it would measure all manner of nonsense and tell you how healthy and well-rested you are and would also nudge you into becoming a healthier and well-rested version of yourself. Whoop is that very device and you can get a discount if you go to join.whoop dot com forward slash cpw and you can support the show by joining up and once you're uh, signed up then you can join the community page using com hyphen cpw365 i'm currently at 34th in that on recovery for the month languishing down at 66 percent to my little amber half circle watching everyone else with their stupid greens and up above 70 and 80 percent you pricks uh, another magical world i want to tell you about is a hybrid academy dots door where you can get all sorts of wondrous summerous t-shirts um, and you can save using pod 10 on checkout there um, add to that mystical wonderland to get your hands on the new dbe the danielle brandon t-shirts um in the states this month and following soon on this side of the pond i hear and what's that you want to hear of wizards men with big wands who'll make you a better coach burboxcoachdevelopment.com and use pods to save money and that's probably the end of that sponsorship i imagine uh, today's guest is brandon swan uh brandon is one of the goodest dudes in the sport um he's crazy supportive of what i do and i'll never not appreciate it he's building something special with dad hours go have a look if you want to train and improve but you're a bit time poor like me uh we chat about stepping away from competition and into the fire and growing dad hours enjoy listen share and tag few things to cover one so since we spoke last actually the last time you were on the show so we've obviously talked in between a good bit but the last time you're on the show am i right in saying that you gave out to me for not asking you about coffee because you had a story that you wanted to tell but then i didn't ask so you couldn't tell it yeah i like to i like always like to be a little bit prepared before i come on the podcast so I listened. This is before. Obviously, we've talked a lot since that podcast. Um, and I, but before that, I hadn't. And I listened to your podcast a lot. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, he's going to ask me a coffee story about, uh, you know. So I better have a, a story lined up about my best coffee experience or whatever. And so I had a good one lined up, and I was ready to go. And you never asked me, and it's just, it's always, it's never sat right with me. So that's okay, why. Well, I'm back. Well, the floor is yours. This will be a very short yeah. episode. It's just five minutes. I'm just going to tell my coffee story and then, then we can go. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> me. Okay. It's, it's been built up so much now. It probably won't be that good. <laughs> uh, but in 2014 at the CrossFit Games, uh, I was downstairs at the – so it was held in – California that year and we're at the Marriott which is where all the athletes stayed and uh, I went downstairs to a bar to get a coffee um, this would have been for it wasn't it might have been the day before registration uh, the day before competition something like that and uh, I went up and I ordered my coffee and uh, the guy beside me ordered this like jumbo um, tall like the, the biggest cup you could get um, and asked for it with it was like a cappuccino with four sugars or something like that 
and I just like looked to my side and I was like, what the heck? That's like, cause that's, that to me is sacrilegious. Like in terms of coffee, like it's, uh, you know, this big jumbo sweet thing um, with as much sugar as possible. And um, I couldn't believe it. And then the person that ordered that coffee was one Matthew Fraser. And uh, so that was, uh, that was my first introduction to meeting Matt Fraser. Cause that was the first year he competed at the games. And that was the, uh, that was the coffee of choice. And I just, I remember turning to my, to my side and like, what the heck? And what are you ordering? And that's disgusting. And anyway, so his coffee, uh, connoisseurship has come a long way in, uh, in yeah, the times. There's obviously a correlation between his, his improving taste in coffee or his snobbiness towards coffee and his fitness levels have also, I mean, he was still pretty fit. He kicked my ass that year. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just thought that, that was an interesting story. I thought maybe uh, it's 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 a CrossFit related coffee story. Um, I'd be so. fairly confident that's a story nobody's heard about Fraser as well. I'd be relatively confident. Anyway. Well, yeah, the only person that's heard is probably my wife and a small group of people that are sick of me telling it. So yeah, your wife. I can imagine your wife. You know, not the fucking Fraser story. <laughs> <laughs> no one else was even there, Brandon. No one can vouch for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, I made it up. It didn't even happen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you didn't even qualify that year. You were just no, you were in a, a Marriott in Sydney. It was, it was so long ago. I, can't, I get I get the years mailed up. It could have been twenty fourteen. It could have been nineteen eighty six. I don't know. <laughs> but if it was eighty six, then CJ would have been there as well. So we can ask. That's right. That. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot's changed since the last time you were on. So the last time you were on, um, was before Torian, like last year. Um, yeah. And since then, so you you qualified for Torian this year, but couldn't do it because you had I can't remember the name of the thing. It's like buds, but for firemen, right? Yeah, like re- recruit course, I guess. You okay, call it so. Uh, yeah, so I qualified for Torian this year. Um, would have loved to have competed, but yeah, I'm in the middle of uh, becoming a firefighter, so. Uh, it's we call it recruits. Uh, it's a sixteen-week um, course, uh, basically a bit of a crash course on everything you need to know um, as a firefighter. And then you sort of obviously there's a lot more to learn on the job, but um, it's a very intensive sixteen-week process. And uh, it's Monday to Friday, long hours. And uh, so uh, yeah, they, I wasn't able to get the time off to compete at Torian. I was funnily I only would have missed the first event. Um, because the the second event for individuals is in late in the evening on the Friday night, um, but obviously missing one event means you have to miss the whole weekend. So, but uh, on the other side of that, I got uh, to help Mike and Jono, who run Torian, um, organise uh, the workouts this year for the individual athletes, and um, that was a real privilege um, and a real cool experience i i love programming and i love testing and i love uh, the art form behind it so um being able to step into that role a little bit more this year was was really really cool you were so you had your own programming company and you were programming um i think you you like you were kind of programming for harriet roberts and then you were programming for like just i suppose what would you call them like gym or extras i suppose not really maybe aspiring athletes, but no, like there was no say like big names, um, on your roster really. And then, yeah. but I'm still assuming when you decided, cause you, you folded that and then said, 
it would did you fold that because you thought you were going to go back and do firefighting or did you fold that and then there was a gap and you thought how am i going to fill this gap yeah so i originally so and uh, last time we spoke it would have been running uh i ran uh, programming through swan strong um and we sort of operated uh in a few different spaces um we had some athletes on board um yeah again no like let's say multi-year games athletes but some really talented athletes down down here that were sort of pushing the envelope and pushing towards game selection uh helping out harriet roberts jamie goodwin was another one um right. who's she's been a multi-year teams games athlete um so i got to work with her which was really really cool uh, and, a, and a few other athletes who are sort of pushing into that space. And then a few athletes who um, were, let's say, on the cusp of making the Torian Pro or making semifinals, but have just missed out. And so um, I really enjoy working in that space where um, you can sort of get people to the next step, um, regardless of what that step is, if it's getting to semifinals or getting to the game. So it was really cool um, to work in that space. We also offered... Uh, just sort of set programming for people that were probably, uh, you know, higher end, top 10% would get through the open um, to do quarterfinals and potentially get into semifinals. We had a program for that. Uh, and then we did affiliate programming and things like that as well. So, uh, yeah, I was had, had a few things on the go with Swan Strong uh, and really enjoyed it. Always have enjoyed programming. But, um, yeah, it got to a point where the – so the applicant – I don't know what it's like in other countries, but for firefighters in Australia, and especially in Queensland where I am, um, and that's all I can speak for because that's the only place I've tried, but uh, it's a very, very competitive job. Uh, it's really, really hard to get into um, and it requires a lot of focus and a lot of time and attention for many months on end because the, the hiring process starts. So for example, I applied in January of last year and I found out, found out I got hired basically the same time next year, the, the following year. It's basically 12 months of just continuous tests and steps to get through. Um, and on top why, of that, why, I was, is it, why is it so hard to get in? It's just a, it's a really popular career, uh, more, more so than anything. Uh, I, I believe the, when I applied that year, it was, there was 22,000 applicants, uh, of which they hired less than a hundred. So, um, but you know, why, like, what, what makes this? Is it really well paid? Is it really good benefits? Is it just the excitement? It's, of yeah, it, so it's. I would say, I mean, the, the reasons I applied for the job, it's it's always it's always kind of been the place I wanted to go, post CrossFit. Um, basically, we. It's obviously, I'm attracted to the fact that I get to help people and help my community. Um, but it's there are some great benefits to it. You work two days followed by here we do two day shifts followed by two night shifts and you get four days off um every four months you get a month off it's something like that like it's you're working like 35 percent of the year it's crazy um and you get paid. it sounds like, like teaching <laughs> yeah it's like it's um you know so it's for me the the things that really stuck out about the job were I get to help my community. I get to apply my fitness uh, and everything that I've built up in my CrossFit career in a in a different setting and one that's really meaningful. Um, I get a lot of time off, which means I can continue to train and and continue to compete if I want to, uh, and, and obviously get a lot more time to spend at home with my family. So um, you know, I'm going to 
there's going to be things like I'll be working the odd Christmas day and things like that, but I'll also get to pick my son up from school and drop him off and go and watch school sport and all those sorts of things, which a lot of dads don't get to do because, you know, the hours that they're working demand that they miss that stuff. So those uh, lifestyle aspects of the job really stuck out for me as well. Uh, I think it's the same for a lot of people. So, and obviously it's an exciting career and, um, you know, I think every boy wants to grow up and be a firefighter. So um, it's, um, it's, yeah, so it's, that those are the reasons it stuck out for me. And I think it's the reasons it sticks out for a lot of people. And as a result, um, it's a very popular profession over here. Um, and they, Queensland Fire and Emergency Services, who I'm employed by, um, hold an extremely high standard. Um, so the testing procedure is, is very in-depth. Um, and so doing that, trying to still compete, have some family, time and all that sort of stuff just it, the the programming I was always going to come back to um, but it just was wasn't the right time um, and I needed to ensure that if I was going to go through the procedure of applying I, I didn't want to do it half-assed which I, I that's a, the way I go about everything is I I'm either all in with it um, or I'm, I'm not going to do it so um, it was more of a hiatus than anything um, and and yeah that's and we're here we're here now and I'm on the other side of it, and we we've obviously brought some programming back in in a slightly different form. Uh, what was your uh, wife's reaction, or like say family or friends' reaction when? Because obviously, like, okay, yeah, like everyone. Wants, I mean, I like heartily disagree that every boy wants to grow up to be a firefighter. I think until they realize like you can die and stuff, I'd say yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then once they you know go past like eight years old, they start thinking, oh, maybe they're safer jobs. Um, but like, were, yeah. were your family? Every boy, every boy wants to be a firefighter. I'm talking about every every three to four year old that watches fire. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, exactly. I want to work. In, I want to work in Ponty Pandy. Uh. <laughs> What's uh? What was their reaction then when you said that you want? Because obviously, the, the job you're doing, although, you know, I'm assuming time consuming and you know training is time consuming and it's hard on the body and stuff. But like, the likelihood of dying from doing Fran is fairly low. Um, whereas like obviously the chances are like vastly increased when you're in literally the line of fire i suppose what was their yeah. reaction when you said that you were you were doing this um it's it's all been pretty positive so far i think uh we to be honest we haven't had too many of those conversations um it is obviously my wife doesn't know very, yet <laughs> yeah, there's a very real sense of danger you know real chance of danger with the job. Uh, that's just the nature of it. But um, I mean, I always take the approach of, you know, well, let's, for at least over here, for example, you know, 70% of the job of firefighters over here is road crash rescue. Like we're rescue, we're cutting people out of cars and rescuing people out of cars. And um, that's, that's a much larger portion of the job than actually running into burning buildings. And, yeah. um, you know, and so, when you look at that and you're like, all right, well, you know, this, we respond to so many of these accidents, like accidents happen to people every day on the roads, just driving to any job. So the, the danger is everywhere. And that's kind of the, whether it's a glass half full or glass half empty approach, I'm not too sure, but, um, what it's, we it's need a, to rely- It's a sociopath approach, I think, isn't that yeah. how you test it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, have but you, what, when you're doing your training, are you, obviously I assume you're prepped for like, this is how, what do you call that thing? Jaws of life, isn't it? This is how this works. And this is how your, I don't know, chainsaw works or whatever. And then this is yeah. what to do if there's a fire. But are you prepped for like, here's something that you like, you know, 
um like psychologically here's how you might react if you see someone impaled on a tree or if you see you know like are you are you yeah, prepared in that kind of way uh they do the very best they can in terms of it's the instructorship or the the education that we get is very raw um and they're very frank with the fact that you're going to see things that most people don't see um and you have to be prepared for that and obviously that's part of the hiring process as well it's a big part of the um hiring of firefighters is is the psychological testing to ensure that they've got the right people um for the job and you know people slip through the crack cracks that that may it may not be for them uh we we had one recruit drop off our course because it just wasn't the uh wasn't the career he thought he would he, he didn't think it would uh it would suit him so um but a lot of it i think is just experience you know this i i you know i I'm pretty honest and open with the fact that I don't really know how I'm going to react to the first time I see, you know, certain things. Um, but luckily, at least here um, and um, with the organisation I'm employed by, they uh, take that part of the role on that part of the job very seriously. Um, they've got a fire and emergency services support network, which uh, basically has uh, all of the psychological help um, that firefighters may need to get through incidents. Um, we've heard a lot of stories from firefighters that have seen, you know, multiple, multiple deaths and dead bodies and all sorts of stuff. And that's just going to be part of the job, unfortunately. Um, and they said, you know, that they're fine for 20 years and then one day it just hits them and they enter a rut and they can't get out of it. And uh, it can be something from years ago that was just small that they never thought would affect them. And for some reason it just keeps digging um so you know that's a yeah, that's a part of the job for sure um and a very uh it's going to be one that i think you know i don't know how i'm going to react to it I, I don't think anyone knows how they would i think everyone processes that stuff differently but for me that's overridden by the fact that i have a great opportunity to also you know have us you know i i love having an impact on people's lives as, as a crossfit coach as an athlete doing charity work, I, I, I get a real kick out of helping people. And so, you know, whilst I'm going to see some stuff that's not really, um, you know, the nicest stuff to see, uh, I am also hopefully going to have the opportunity to, you know, potentially save someone's life or I'm going to have the opportunity to, um, you know, make we're going to encounter people on the worst day of their life when their house is burning down or they've been in the car accident or they've lost a loved one and, um, you know, I might have a real chance to intervene with that person and um, save their life or, 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 or at least improve the situation. So, yeah, like I'm sure um, if you're standing at someone's house and it's burning down, you say, Hey, did I ever tell you in the Marriott in 2004? <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's, just watching, you know, watching the flames and that at their home and they're like, stories. What? You know, hey, do you know who Matt Fraser is? And they say, No, I was like, Well, just you take out your phone. page. <laughs> He's really famous, and then let me tell you about how I met him one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's but, cool. Yeah, I like, I, no, yeah, I like, I like the, the vibe you're going for there. Um, yeah, so how long was training then after you got accepted? So you got accepted last January, so yeah, so four, it's, but, five months ago. Yeah, I got accepted. So like I said, the, the application process, from the time of application to the time of hiring, it's roughly a 12-month period. Um, how how engaged are you during that 12 months like say is it like once a month once every six weeks once yeah about once quarterly? a month there was something happening so pretty much from application through to let's say about september there was something happening every single month physical tests 
cognitive online testing to test intelligence, I guess, problem solving ability, all that sort of stuff. Um, there was an interview not long after. Did you, did you compensate for that with your fitness? Is it? Yeah, basically. I was like, look, <laughs> they're like, oh, he's really shit, thick, but he's but so fast. Really, yeah, really <laughs> fit. And like, you want to be a little bit dumb because you got to run into yeah. a fire. You don't. Be he won't. He won't need a ladder. I mean, that's no. that's good. Yeah, I just yeah jump and muscle up. And, yeah, so <laughs> I just showed him what I could do. Now, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, probably up until September it was every month, and then. There was kind of like a three month period where the, you're kind of hanging on the edge of your seat, wondering if you got yeah, one. Yeah, like, is it so? Spots. Say during that period, did they tell you, say, last January, did they say, I assume most people know going in from, you know, hearsay and knowing people that have done it that it is, you know, just common, common knowledge that it takes a while or whatever. But like, did they say to you, uh, okay, we, we'll probably do something like once every four to six weeks for the next while and then. And then say during that September period that you're talking about, do they say like, okay, things are going to dry up a little bit, but don't panic. Like, you know, or do they say, if you hear from us telling you, you're not no longer being considered, that's the only time you need to panic. Or cause like, I, like I, I fucking hate waiting Damn. with an unknown. I hate that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of that actually. It's, um, the, the, the process, like I said, every month we had sort of something and you kind of got like that little waiting period at the end is, is um, you know, you're sort of frequently getting something during the whole process, but the the conversation is pretty limited the whole way through. Like you kind of, uh, you apply and then you just sort of twiddle your thumbs and you wait for the next step and then you do that and then you twiddle your thumbs and you wait for the next step. And it was kind of like that the whole way through. So mm-hmm. it's it was it was a tough uh it was a tough year. Like you had to be pretty patient. It sort of just sits in the back of your head the whole time, like wondering, like you, you know, I was able to go off and do other things, of course, but um, it was, it was just always there. And you're like, Oh, I wonder if this is going to pan out. And what am I going to do if this doesn't, if I don't get through, am I going to apply next year? Or, um, you know, it's some people, there's a guy in my course that applied for seven years. So he went through that for seven years. And I just, I ask him, you know, most weeks I'm like, how did you do that? Like, cause one year was bad enough. Like I'm lucky I got through my first year. I don't know how people do it for, for multiple years on end, but you know, like I said, it's a, it's a very rewarding career and a lot of people want to do it. So, um, you know, people jump through the hoops. Yeah. He obviously just view each of those years as a test. He's like, oh, this is a test. They're testing me. Yeah. <laughs> they want to see how badly I want it. They're like, oh, um, he's back again. Fuck. Just give him a job. <laughs> Yeah. Um God, he must hate you then first year applying and then you go through he was he was like, How'd you do that every year? He just shut the fuck up. Like I know this is your first. Um so when you like what's the training like then? The training started in January this year, did it roughly? Uh so the training started in I found out sort of yeah, it would have been late December actually, just before January. It was right around Christmas when I found out yeah. um I got the job and then the training for me started in March. Um oh, okay. so to wait until then um to start training uh officially and then you know it's most days is it's um they're very long days it's about an hour away the training facility um it's uh at the port of brisbane which is it's sort of like they've got this massive open space where basically they can light fires and blow shit up and it doesn't impact the rest of society so they've got this place in the middle of sort of nowhere where they can do all that legally um and yeah basically it's we get there at about 6 30 in the morning uh it's about an hour drive so i'm leaving home at 5 30 
Um, and then we leave there at about 5 p.m. at night, 5.30 sometimes. And so I'm back home sort of 6.30 at night. So uh, they're long days. Um, obviously, there's some theory in there, uh, obviously, to learn um, all about the job, the equipment we use, the kind of things we're going to encounter. Um, but a lot of practical, obviously, as well. So some days where, um, you know, we're doing, we're donning um, breathing apparatus and we're, you know, going into buildings and climbing over ladders and taking hoses with us and crawling all over the floor and searching for casualties and pulling them out. And we're doing that for eight, nine, ten hours. So it's, um, it's they're pretty rigorous days. Um, I would like to think that I'm the fittest person there. And I've, I'm pretty shattered by the end of the day. So I can't imagine um, what some of the other guys are feeling like because I know my physical fitness probably holds up a lot better than theirs. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not feeling like I'm being shortchanged of training at the moment, put it that way. Yeah. And do you train every day before you go or do you know like, oh, Thursday is the day that we're doing all that physical stuff so I just won't train Thursday morning? Uh, no, I'm training every day at the moment. I get up at uh, 3.40 in the morning um, and I get myself a coffee and I, I wander down here to the gym um, and I, yeah so I train every day but I just go off feel so I don't have a you know sometimes I'll have a rough plan of what I might want to do um, but most days I'll come down in the morning and sort of check in with myself how I'm feeling physically and mentally and then I'll come up with a workout that I think is is suitable for for the day uh, for example in the next um, three weeks we're uh, doing um a lot of just real firefighting scenarios so where they literally light shit on fire and you go inside and you're in there for you know you might do three or four of those a day and they're, they're extremely taxing because they drain your body of all your fluids because of how hot it is and um so i know for the next two or three weeks i'm probably gonna have to dial the intensity back just a little bit um to ensure that i'm not cooking myself literally um on <laughs> on uh but like overdoing myself and, and overextending myself i've got a I, I'm going to be going through some physiological stuff that I haven't gone through before. Um, and my body's probably going to react to that, obviously, in a way that requires some adaptation. So my training is probably going to have to take a little bit of a hit. I might not feel quite as chipper as I usually do. So um, those are the things that I just sort of have to take into consideration. Um, and then obviously the other thing is making sure that I'm not throwing barbells. I'm not doing, I'm not doing heavy grace uh <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning in my garage i'm making sure i'm choosing things that are not going to wake up my my family and the neighbors yeah three get i get up at three forty in the morning i don't think yeah, or, the, or the middle of the night however way you want to look yeah at. i'm not sure the the grammar and like truth in that sentence just doesn't work to get like i i don't know it just i don't i don't know probably easier just not to go to bed uh, what time do you go to bed at then? Do you just do you just put uh, Nate down and just fall asleep immediately? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it's been going most nights. I've been getting home and then we have a bit. We have dinner. Um, sometimes we've got this is it's like I said, it's a very intensive sort of program. Sometimes we've got study to do, so I come home. I'm like, sorry, honey, like I've got I got work to do, and I'm studying something, and I'm doing that till nine, ten o'clock at night, and then I'm crashing in bed. But on the nights that I don't have study, I'm putting Nate to bed. I usually, you know, we'll we'll do the whole dinner, bath time, bedtime ritual. And uh, and then, you know, we'll read a couple of stories, a couple of books, and I'm like fighting to keep my eyes open as I read uh, Peppa Pig or something like that. 
<laughs> and then usually I'm like to my wife, oh, yeah, I'll be out in five minutes, honey. And then she knows I'm never coming out. And that's, <laughs> and that's, that's where I sleep for the night. So usually and yeah. he's, I'm usually asleep before he is. There's been a couple of nights where I think I've woken up in his bed and he's been in my bed or our bed with, with, uh, with Kelly because he's probably not fallen asleep and I have yeah. and he's gone. Or he's short, short of space. He's like, there's a gorilla taking up half my bed. Um, <laughs> yeah, how has so, he reacted? Because uh, obviously that's a big change. Uh, it's a big change at home because like up until say March then, you were basically at home all the time or you could be at home as much as you wanted whenever you wanted yeah. and I'm sure yeah. he got used to that. And then that's, you know, about a quarter of his life where you were just at home all the time whenever you wanted. So how has he reacted to that change? Yeah, I think that was a big adjustment for what was adjustment for us as a family because for at least for the entire time Nate has been alive, which he's he'll be three in a month. Um, I was a stay at home parent. I was I was the stay at home dad, um, which was an unbelievable experience. One I've I'm so gl- uh, glad and privileged that I got to have because a lot of dads don't get that. I think a lot of it seems to be we're, we're sort of we're on a trend now where a lot of parents are realizing the importance of family time. You know, for, for years it was all about career and building and climbing the corporate ladder or, you know, doing whatever you had to do to um, support your family. But we're kind of, I feel like we're kind of seeing a trend now where people are starting to really prioritize being at home and family time. And so, you know, more and more dads probably are getting more time at home with their young kids. But um, certainly, you know, in my experience, it was rare to hear of, you know, many other stay-at-home dads. It was full-time, that was their job. So um, it was awesome to do. My wife uh, was a school principal in that time, um, and she's incredible at what she does. Um, But, yeah, we swapped roles. So the whole family dynamics changed. My wife stepped away from her role as a school principal to get some quality time at home with Nate. We sort of, we knew I was moving into the fire service. Um, So we kind of swapped and I'm now out working and my wife's staying at home with Nate. So he still has a parent at home, which is awesome. Um, But definitely it was a big change because obviously mum and dad do things a little bit differently. Yeah. But uh, I think we've sort of settled into things now and, um, you know, he, he 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 runs out. He runs out when I get home every night, and uh, is excited to see me, and that's a really good feeling. Um, but yeah, do you, do, you ever def- feel, def- do you ever feel guilty? Oh, every day. Yeah, every day. I, I feel guilty for leaving the house every morning for sure. Uh, it's so but, like it's it's funny because it's so irrational, but it's yeah. you're helpless against it. I think like it doesn't make yeah, any sense. And if you actually you know say what? it out loud to someone, add, it's like I'll... you feel like a fucking idiot, but you still can't stop yourself from feeling it. Yeah, and it's, I, uh, I'm lucky that I'm so busy when I'm out of the house that the, the, it's more driving, driving to work and driving home from work when I've like decompressed I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I really miss him or, I, you know, I can't wait to get home and see him or just leaving the house. Like, you know, I always go in and, uh, you know, give my wife and, and him a little kiss goodbye before I leave in the morning, trying not to wake him up um, at the same time. And like, I love you. And she's like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say she's more concerned that you'll wake him up, to be honest. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, you're definitely. really quiet in the house and you slam the door when you're leaving. And she's just like, fuck's sake. Yeah, definitely. But it's, um, it is irrational. Um, but um, at the same time, what I've realized since I've been away is like just really cherishing the, making, making the most of the time I do have at home. And, and like weekends are sacred for us at the moment. Um you know, trying to really emphasize, um, yeah, and probably probably as a stay-at-home dad, like every, I think everyone gets a little, you know, 
you cannot go through life as a parent with a young child and have and you know at least in my experience there are moments where you're going to get frustrated and tired and moments where it's it's going to be challenging and moments where you're just like fuck me can i just have a minute to myself um and the the cool thing now is like i you know the, the amount of time I have is limited. So the time that we do have together is, is quality time. It's fun time. It's enjoyable. I, I cherish it a lot. So um, as much as I really appreciate it and cherish the time of being a stay-at-home dad and having all that time together, um, having less time has made me even more appreciative and focused on, on what I'm doing when I'm with him. So um, that's, that's, a, that's a blessing too, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so dad hours then. Um, like, I feel like you take it to an extreme, like getting up at three o'clock in the morning, but, um, it's, it's, so, uh, I gotta, you know, you gotta, it's kind of like liver King, you know, the liver King, <laughs> you've seen that guy, I, surely he doesn't eat that many raw organs and he's just like, you know, I feel like I got to take it to that extreme level. So I'm not really prepared to eat, you know, testicles. So what can I do? I can get again. up early. That's, that's my thing. I'll get up really early in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, like, for, for, okay, from my, I don't know if this is always your plan, um, but from my view of it, it was you and Adam Clink. You were so you were training with Ben Smith. You were like you were kind of doing his program and you were working with yeah. Him. So yep. you were doing some workouts, and Adam Clink was also doing workouts, and you were both doing them at like un like stupid o'clock, like either end of the spectrum. It was just stupid o'clock. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you you started using the hashtag dad hours. Is that where it all started? Yeah, pretty much. It's that's in a nutshell. That's probably a great way to a great way to start it off. So I was uh, obviously going through. This is sort of roughly around the same timeline as, um, you know, when I was applying to become a firefighter. In that time, I was following Ben Smith's program. Um, I didn't want. I, I've you know I've had periods where I've had, been with coaches periods where I programmed for myself um, and I just tried out a few, I did with everything that was going on, I kind of didn't want to have to think about programming. And um, so I had done a couple of Ben's workouts and always had the utmost respect for Ben as a competitor and a programmer. Um, one of the most knowledgeable, as, as well as being one of the nicest human beings on the planet, one of the most knowledgeable people in the space when it comes to programming and um and training for the sport you know like he's got uh there's hardly there's, there aren't too many pe people with the experience ben has obviously has won the world title um before in 2015 was the fittest man on earth but um amazing brain for just um for programming and we myself and him have very similar beliefs and views around programming and how someone should train so for me, it just made sense to follow Ben's program. I sort of reached out to him. I actually, I just, I signed up. I didn't even tell him. I was like, we, I mean, we've known each other. We've competed against each other. And I just signed up. And then uh, I shot him a message, said, hey, man, I've been doing it for about a month. And he's like, oh, I thought that was you. And wasn't sure. And, you know, I wasn't really posting any results or anything in the group. I was just sort of just following along. And um, so that's kind of how that started. And then obviously Adam Klink has been involved with uh, Ben for a long time with Krypton. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's sort of, I can't even remember exactly when, but obviously with the demands of trying to be a, a high level uh, athlete and be a full-time stay-at-home dad, I was training at 
four o'clock in the morning, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night and, you know, lunchtime or whatever. And so I just started like, you know, and often I would have to make little adjustments to the program because like I've got 20 minutes. I, I can't, you know, I can't do all this today. What's the best bang for my buck? What am I going to be able to do to, I've got, you know, he's down for a nap. I don't know when he's going to wake up. What do I need to do to get the most out of myself right now? And then I just started, you know, putting up little snippets of me training and writing dad hours, like just doing my dad hours. This is the time I've got. And that's kind of, it's just started as like a little hashtag type thing. And then Adam was starting to do a little bit of it as well. And we were sort of bouncing things back and forth just as a bit of a joke. And, um, but so that's on one side of thing in terms of how dad hours, the program came about, um, it's kind of where I always wanted my original programming to sort of be and to go. Like it was kind of, I, I, I saw that there was a, there was a gap there that needed to be filled. To be honest with you, it was about filling a need for myself. Um, I knew that my time was limited and becoming more limited. And if I was to become a firefighter, it was going to become even more limited again. Um, and then I looked out there and I'm sort of looking at the programs for, for parents and, and all that sort of stuff. And what I, what I saw was that there was either you could go and do one of the CrossFit competitors programs and take your pick, Mayhem Athlete, HWPO, uh, Comp Train, et cetera. And they're all phenomenal programs, great programs by great people. Um, and, you know, a lot of them had their 60 minute options where you do, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm a parent and I'm busy and I want to train hard, but I've, I've only got 60 minutes. All right, great. Sign up for a 60 minute program. Um, again, this isn't knocking those programs because they're all really good. But in my experience, when I've, when I've looked at this, let's say the samples for those programs, I read it. And I'm like, that's going to take fucking three hours. Like um, that's not in my experience, it's not re really a 60 minute program. I've got to, I've got to warm up and I've got to recover and I've got to, you know, do this and that and whatever. And, um, you know, I'm training my garage and I don't have all of the equipment that is needed for this program. So there was that, or on the other end of the spectrum, there was like, come and train with me and do sit-ups and jumping jacks in your living room. And that was like, that was like the two ends of the spectrum for, for someone like me who was like, um, time poor, um, but wanted to train hard. And I felt like there was this gap in the middle where there was, you know, I think there's a lot of people like me, or at least I felt like, and it's proving true. There's a lot of people like me that maybe were competitive athletes once upon a time, or just, you know, have been doing CrossFit for a long time. And they really enjoy the, the challenge of a CrossFit program. They love the high skill elements. They love the heavy lifting. Um, they love the, obviously the, the really hard Metcons, but they don't have four hours a day to train anymore. Maybe they only have half an hour, maybe they only have 60 minutes, but they still want to get a bit of a taste of all of that. And so, and for me, that's exactly what I wanted. I thought, you know, what sort of program do I want to be following 10 years from now? Do I still want to be doing muscle ups? Do I still want to be, you know, doing some heavy barbell stuff? Um, you know, and the answer is yes, I still want to be doing that stuff, but, you know, maybe not quite to the degree I, I was at and certainly not to the volume or the amount of time, but I, I still want to keep doing that stuff. I still want to keep training hard. So there was this big gap in the middle where I felt um, we were missing a program that was giving those people what they wanted while still being very conscious of the fact that this isn't the number one priority in these people's lives or in, in my life. 
um, and I've only got 20 to 30 minutes. So what does that look like? And that's kind of how, that's, that's why Dad Hours was born and sort of what our MO has become. It's, it's serving those people in the community. And it turns out there's a lot of people um, just like me that were after something like that. Has it surprised you like how much has taken off? Because I know like you told me before about like, oh, if I have like say this many people by summer, I'd be happy. And you're like way past where you thought you would be. Was that like, do you think you're underselling yourself or do you think that you've like just overreached because of circumstance and stuff? Um, I would like to think I'm underselling myself. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, it, it, it certainly has taken me by surprise. Like I said to you, I I felt, I, you know, this whole thing was created because I felt like, one, it's, I needed the program for myself. That's why I wrote it originally. Um, you know, I needed something where I could come down here in the morning and I could get a really good workout in that was challenging, um, but you know, fit my lifestyle. I wanted a program that, you know, when I became a firefighter, I could take to the station and I could do it. Um, and I, you know, I had options there. You know, let's say I only had a pair of dumbbells um, and a skipping rope or something like that. I, I had options for that and I could keep following the program. So, you know, it, it was a selfish endeavor in many ways because I needed something that was going to satisfy my needs. Um, but like I said, I think it's just, I, I found this, I've obviously found this large group of people that have very similar needs to myself or are discovering that they're moving. The, the whole reason it's called dad hours, obviously outside of the hashtag, um, which was kind of how it was born was because, you know, like people, you, you, you would know yourself, you one day you're not a parent and then your child is born and then you are a parent. And then all of a sudden you find that you just like, you know, 22 out of the 24 hours in a day somehow disappear. Like there's just, just life becomes so much busier and it's, you know, a lot of it's probably because your focus really tunnels in on your child and, you know, they become the priority and everything around it becomes uh, less important. Um, and, and on top of that, things just take time, you know, like getting out of the house to go and get a coffee, which took five minutes now takes two hours. So like, <laughs> um, you know, all of that stuff, together i think a lot of people have you know i, I know in, in the local sort of crossfit community here all the people that i've grown up with the last 10 to 12 years and have competed with and have uh you know you know known for for that period of time we're all becoming parents now you know we're all moving on to the next stage of life we're all entering our 30s and some people their 40s and they're having kids or multiple kids and um and we're all discovering that uh we, you know, we simply do not have four hours a day or six hours a day to train or all the energy or the desire to do it anymore. But, you know, we still, um, we still have, uh, a desire to hang on to some of that. So, um, yeah, I think the but reason it's, it like, it's funny though, because like, say we had Sloan, um, like Christmas before the lockdown and the first, like, whatever, two months, January, February that she was around, like my job at that stage was basically to make things as palatable and as easy to navigate for Orla as possible because like I I didn't have a lot of a role, like, you know, someone was breastfed. So, I mean, what was I going to do there? Um, So my job was like making breakfast, making dinner, like tidying, like that kind of stuff. Um, So I still had a lot of free time and I 
still had the ability where I could be like, oh, I'll go to the gym, like, and you know, that's fine. Like, I couldn't, I used to at the start, like, before Sloan arrived, we used to go to the gym, like, the class would be at half five, and we live like five minutes from the gym, and at like quarter to five, we'd be like, oh, I better go, I suppose, you know, like, it's just because yeah, you yeah. get the social stuff and everything. And then after Sloan was born, it was like the class is at half five, and it was like 28 minutes past, and it was like, shit, I better go, I'm going to be late. Um, yeah. And that was an adjustment. And then, like, lockdown hit and we were training at home and stuff and i like i think that gave us a false sense of like this is fine like this is sure jesus we have so much time like you know well, like mm-hmm. well, but like neither of us were working like orla was on maternity leave so she wasn't working at all um well like obviously she was parenting i was i started paternity leave and then it basically got six months of it because we just never went back to school um yeah. so i was at home all the time and then in september we went back to work or went back and I went back and I was like, Oh fuck. Like I can't like, how did I think this is going to work? Like, how did yeah. I how, like, I just got lulled into this false sense of like, this is totally fine. Then, yeah. uh, the gyms are kind of open and closed and stuff here. But once the gyms went back properly, I realized how fucked I was. Like, that's yeah. the point where I started thinking, okay, I need to get a bike or something for the house. I need to get, I need to start building up some equipment. So like other people were building up equipment during lockdown to be like, well, if the gym's never open again, I'm going to be fine. I was building up equipment to be like, even if the gym's open again, I'm fucked. So I need to yeah. like source some stuff like, for home. Um, and then Bodhi came and it was like, how the fuck did I think I was busy? Like up until <laughs> like, for, I was like, first thing, of all, like, like, I was like, one. I was like what did I do with have- all of my time? before yeah. Sloan was born like how yeah. did I fill my day then I was like how did I think I was busy when Sloan was here and now I have her and him and she's at that point like we're toilet training and stuff and there's all that kind of stuff going on but like yeah. now I think I'm at the position or I'm in the position and I don't know how long it's going to last I talked about this uh when I had Dar- Darren Ellis on last week as well but it's kind of like I feel like it'll come full circle eventually where I'll have more time you know when they're like in primary school and that kind of stuff and they're just when they're managed. 18 when they've grown up, <laughs> when they've got kids of their own, um, then we can then we can go for the CrossFit Games. Then yeah. that's that's 60, when you shoot for the sixty fives. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I kind of think like now I've just accepted that my relationship with my say like bricks and mortar gym is once a week. If everything's going to plan, I'll get in once a week because if I go more than that, I don't enjoy it because I feel too guilty and I feel yeah. like, Oh, I'm missing out on something. Plus I'm doing yeah. this as well, which takes up evenings and stuff like yeah. after the kids are gone to bed. Sure. Um, but like, I've just accepted like, okay, once a week is good and it's maintainable and I'm not going to overreach and I'm not going to, it's not, no argument is going to come from it either from me or from anyone else. It's just maintainable. Um, so when you started this, when you started dad hours, I was like, I remember originally being like, oh, I'm not fucking getting up at that time in the morning. Um, <laughs> but then when yeah, we went back... To, you, you can only do it at 4 a.m. That's the other <laughs> Yeah, the class, the, the programming disappears at 5 a.m. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> no, but I was like, okay, well, that's like fucking ridiculous. I'm not getting up at that time anyway. And then I started thinking about it like, I wonder what time I would have to get up at hmm. so that it didn't impact. Because like, obviously, if I want to do, if I want to record an interview at eight in the evening, which is what I try to do, like now um and if i want to give orla opportunity so she can train the only time for me to train is in the morning because i know if i do it at night i'll just end up being like 
I literally have no motivation. Whereas if I get up in the morning, and just get up and go, I can do it. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, if I get up at six, if I'm downstairs at six and the kids get up at seven and like the wheels, you know, the wheels are in motion at seven o'clock, that's fine. Um, but like you say, I was looking at other programs and it was like, again, I'm not knocking anyone. Like you say, they're all great. They're all fantastic what they do. Mayhem have like 400 athletes going to the games this year, probably like same proven. Yeah, same, oh, okay. like, you know. I'll make that abundantly clear. Like I'm not knocking on these other programs. No, because it's, it's teach their own. And like they serve a purpose and they serve a large portion of the community. And like, you know, they're amazing at what they do. But like you, I was like, that's going to take me way too long. Like, yeah. or where the fuck am I going to do wall balls? Or I can't do double unders inside. Or I can't do this. Or I don't have that. Or I like, like it's going to take me way too long to get warmed up to do that. And then I'd be running out to pull up bar outside or whatever. Um, and then I started seeing your workouts going up. And I was like, do you know what? Actually, I actually probably would be able to do that workout. And it actually would take no length at all. And then a real game changer was you put up a thing so i've been doing dad hours since like february yeah when it started basically right yeah um but the way i did it was like dipping in and out so i do something you know i do one of the metcons twice a week not the same one obviously but like you know that kind of way or i do a couple of cardios and i was doing my own strength um but now you've started you've restarted your strength cycle so i'm just jumping in on that um but then a game changer was I saw you put up something on your story and it was like, it was a post maybe. And you were like, I do my strength after I do my Metcon or my cardio because I'm warmed up. And I was like, yeah. Oh my fucking God, that this changes everything. So yeah. now what I've started doing is I'll do, I'll go through the week and I look at like, I don't know, like in theory, there's probably this. I'm sure you're like, oh my God, he's ruining my masterpiece of my seven yeah. days. But I'd be like, I'll go through uh, and I'd be like, Tuesday, I'm like, no, that's going to take too long. Like Wednesday, no, there's too much stuff in that. Thursday, oh yeah, that's just machine. It's just going to take about 16 minutes. Perfect. And I'll do that. And then I'll do Monday strength. And then I might yeah. look, you know, like that kind of way. Um, yeah, and you, what you're doing there is actually, sorry to interrupt and I won't go off too long on a tangent, but what you're doing is exactly what I want people to do. Um, you know, one of the hallmarks of the program is the flexibility of it. And um, my goal is to get people like me to realize that you can, yeah, you don't have much time, but you can use your time effectively and you can, you can stay really fit and you can... Um, uh, you know, and if, and if that means taking what, like we provide a, essentially a template, we're like, here's what you should do in a perfect world, but nobody's world is perfect. So chop and change and mix and match and pull things out and do like, do whatever you want. Here's, here's the base. You make it fit your life. And so what you're doing is perfect. But I think there's, so there's, there's, there are good things that I like about it. Um, I hate just the workouts but like that's yes yeah. oh me too <laughs> um but i think so you've got your you've got different tracks so you've got like your your alpha fucking bravo three tracks um and they're kind of built around equipment, equipment. So yeah what you have access to so for example i'm pretty lucky in the sense that my garage is pretty much a fully kitted out crossfit gym i have mm-hmm. Everything minus a rope um, to climb. 
So, uh, and you know, maybe a little bit, you know, I don't have a huge amount of space to say do hand sandwiching or something, but hey, I'm, I'm not too concerned about missing that stuff um, unless I'm competing, in which case I'll, I'll find an alternative. But, um, you know, and then we've got the Bravo track, which is like, you know, maybe someone's invested a little bit in their home setup and they've got a barbell and a pull-up bar and a wall ball and a box and, uh, you know, a couple of pairs of dumbbells and kettlebells. And, then, you know, they've got a pretty good setup, uh, but maybe they're, they're missing some machines or whatever. And then we've got Charlie, which is, literally like I work out on my balcony or in my living room with a pair of dumbbells. Um, yeah. So, and we basically structure each day so that those three workouts are as similar to one another as possible and they're interchangeable. So like, for example, if I do alpha at home, but I go on a weekend holiday and I take my dumbbells with me, I follow the Charlie track and I'm still basically getting the same stimulus. That's kind of yeah. the, that's the, how they sort of marry in together. But like, it, and like, there is a thing of, you know, CrossFit is infinitely scalable and, you know, if you're clever enough, you can find substitute. Like, okay, if you if you go to the gym and you see muscle-ups on the board, it's easy to be like, oh, fuck's sake, I can't do muscle-ups. But like, if you want to, you can find a substitute, you can find a scale. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with any program, really. But I think the fact that it's done for you is, like, that's something that really works well for me, where I can come down in the morning and be like oh like barbell thrusters are not gonna work because i know i'll drop it or and i'll make a noise or i don't have enough space if i'm doing the barbell thrusters and this other thing so i'll substitute i'll look i'll scroll down and be like oh well in charlie doing that i'll just do that instead and i'll do the rest yeah. of alpha or i'll do the first you know thing in this and then swap whatever so i think that's really good um and also the equipment, like you say that, like, if you have full equipment, the only thing I've ever been caught out by is the pull-up bar. So that's yeah. the only time where I've been like, oh, I'd have to wheel everything outside or run in and out. So I just won't do the alpha today because it's got pull-ups in it. Or I'll wait and try and squeeze it in the evening. That's the only time. So, like, even the equipment, like, I have a 22.5 kg dumbbell, which I must show you, actually, because it's so, it's so shit. <laughs> so it's got, like... I can see it that's all duct tape. Yep, nice. <laughs> so I bought I bought this online, right? Off someone. And it was you bought like, it like that? Yeah, I got it delivered, right? Like DPD or you know, whatever. Yeah. This is the side that was photographed. And it was like <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, look, can you see the little marks on it? It was like small superficial damage or something was written on it. And I yeah. was like, all right, that's grand. Then That's it good. arrived and I took it out and I was like, why is he wrapped the top? I was like, oh no, he hasn't. It's exposed. Like the rubber's <laughs> gone off it. And that's why I was fucking raging. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, that's, that's, that's shit. That was the shit. So if, I, if anyone wants to send me a second or a pair. Um, but yeah, so I do, I do the, I do all the, like the dumbbell stuff with the 15s and it's fucking hell, it's enough. Um, but I think the, like the, my favorite thing about it is that like, and again, when I was, like say during lockdown, when the gyms are online and stuff, and again, like Joe that owns the gym I go to is a fantastic programmer and nothing against anything he does, but like he also doesn't have kids or doesn't have the experience of knowing um, what it's like to say, this workout will take you 45 minutes. And it's like, yeah, and like getting all the shit out and warming up and tidying all the shit away. And then my kid starts crying halfway through or the, the door opens and I need to stop or I can't do that because my kid is in the room with me while I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that you're in the same or a similar position to me 
makes it so much more approachable and i think that's why i won't shut the fuck up about it where and like i've gotten a good few messages off people saying like oh is it like is it actually is just because you you're friends with brandon is that what and it's like no it genuinely is really good and then they're signing up for it and then i'm seeing them in the members group and i'm getting messages from them afterwards saying like that i was right or whatever you're being good i'm gonna have to start paying you a commission soon <laughs> <laughs> but um, um no, but, like it's it's to to quickly elaborate on that point you know it's i've found for you know, for me, you know, and going back to talking about like those 60 minute programs, you know, like it, you, I'm like, oh, this will be good. I'll have a look at this. And there's like, all right, cool. I've got snatch percentages and then I've got some accessory work and then I've got two Metcons and uh, some bodybuilding and a bit of core work. And I'm like, oh, that's a whole day of training. Like, I can't do that. Like, when in my experience, it's been like, and I've done it a million times, I go to my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to squeeze a quick workout in. It'll be, it's a 15 minute workout. It won't take long. Why, why did it take you 45 minutes to come up? Like, because I had to get down there. I had to put the music on, put my shoes on, put my knee sleeves on, a little bit of warm up, uh, get the gear out, set it up, uh, start the workout, uh, you know, pack everything up, shut the garage door and come back in. And so that 15 minute workout took 45 minutes. And, yeah. um, and that's kind of how it goes, right? Like it's, so I found for me, it was like, all right, what's the magic <laughs> in my household? At least I'm like, all right, how long can I have without pissing off my wife? Because we're really busy and I need to squeeze a workout in. And I, you know, I, it's that guilt factor again, right? Like it's like, all right, yeah. I need, I need to do this, but I also am very conscious of the fact that I'm chewing into important family time. You know, we got, we got stuff on my wife's cooking dinner or, and she's been working all day or, or whatever. And um, to top that, my my gym right beside it like as i'm looking out sort of at sort of 45 degrees right now is my son's sort of playroom where he plays and so i would often be training back when i was doing a full training load and i'd be working out in the gym and he's like at the window going daddy play with me <laughs> like, oh, fuck. like i'm like and that's so that that was sort of like pulling at me as well and he still does that um and so like i'm like all right what's what's the magic number? Like what, you know, so I kind of, everything's built in sort of these, what I found at least from my experience and what's working really well for, for people like yourself and, and others is like 20 minutes is the magic number. All right. Like roughly. Now we, we go outside of that sometimes, but I'm like, if I can, if you can go 20 minutes of exercise that requires not too much warm up, that requires minimal um, setup and pack up. So let's say, you've got 20 minutes to work out, but you've got about 10 minutes of fluff on either side, that's 30 minutes, right? So you can get in, warm up, hit the workout, and you can be back upstairs in 30 minutes. That to me is a very achievable and reasonable amount of time for people to be able to train whilst not having too much of an impact on all that other stuff, that family time. So everything we do is loosely built around those 20 minute blocks. So as you know, we've got multiple programming streams within those programming streams everything's kind of around the 20 minute mark if you choose to do a cardio club workout most of the time it's you know we stretch out past it every now and then and i'll, I'll be like hey heads up this is going to probably take 30 30 to 35 minutes it's a little bit longer we're doing some longer intervals with some rest or you know most metcons are built in to be around 10 to 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes tops and often i'll be like you know put a time cap on it of 20 minutes or um you know you'll know from reading the program, it'll be like, you know, this is the workout. It, it took me 15 minutes, 
I don't want it to take you 45 minutes. Here's what you should be aiming for. This mm. movement, this sandbag over shoulder should only take you a minute at a time. So if eight reps is too many, you should do five or six. Like there's a lot of that in there. Um, the strength work is always, you know, five sets of three of a squat. I want you hitting a set every three minutes, a um, couple of warm up sets. Do it post workout so that you don't have to spend a, a half an hour of mobility beforehand. All of those air squats and um, dumbbell snatches you did earlier have got you primed and ready. Like, so, and then we've sort of built the program in a way that we've, you can take these 20 minute blocks and you can just layer them on top of one another. So like, cool, it's Saturday. I've got an hour today. I'm going to do three things. I'm going to do the workout and some strength work. And I'm going to catch up on a cardio club workout from earlier in the week, or I'm going to do a bit of bodybuilding or, and so everything's sort of built in these nice little 20 minute blocks. Um, and then, you know, you can space them out. You can, you can chop and change. You're like, Oh, I really like that, that dad bod bodybuilding workout from earlier in the week. I'm going to, pinch that and I'm going to put it on top of this workout because I've got, I've actually got 30 or 40 minutes um, or uh, you know, oh, you know, you hit a workout in the morning and you just got an itch to do something more and you're like, oh, I'm just going to quickly, I've got 20 minutes. I'll quickly duck down and do that dad bod workout. I'll do that cardio club workout while, uh, while, while my son's in the bath or whatever it may be. So um, obviously the weekend drown. Obviously my wife. Why, why is supervised? But, <laughs> uh, I'll just do this. I'll just do this every workout time, quickly every while time my son's lying here. face down in the bath. He seems quiet and happy. Every time we, every time I come on here, it somehow gets related to drowning children. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand time. why. Every time, um, but yeah, that's kind of that's how the that's how the program that's yeah. you know kind of works, and it's built around you know real experience of like. Um, you know, I want, you know, I want to get all these things and I want to get my time and I want to train hard, but I have my wife to think about and my son to think about and my job to think about and insert X, Y, Z here. And that's, that's the whole point of the program is like, and the whole reason why we recommend for someone like yourself, you know, I give you the template each week of like, if you wanted this, how I structure it in my head is like, let's say you wanted to follow the program and you wanted to do everything. Yeah. Every single program, every single day. In which case, if you're doing that, you probably could qualify for semifinals, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot but of in your experience. Of stuff, in my experience, um, you know, like it's there's enough there. That, like if someone yeah. wanted like a full training load, it's there. And that's sort of like what I do in terms of structure in the week is all right. If I took someone who wants to do every single piece of the program, which even I don't, but I try to do most of it. Um, how would I structure that? And that's kind of how I work right out the week. But then I, then I recommend like, this is simply like a template for if you were to do that, I want you to take this and I want you to chop and change as much as you need to mix and match and chop and change and swap things from workouts or do whatever you can. Because at the end of the day, it's more important to me that you are doing something and you are, you know, you're getting some workout in and some new time um that's that's more important than following this workout or this program to the letter um you know and that's it's, kind of how it, we do but it is and i think the the effort is appreciated on my end anyway where like i said there was a workout a few weeks ago and i can't remember what it was there was sandbags over shoulder and something else calories sandbags over shoulder and something burpees maybe or something um and it was an imam and i remember halfway through the workout 
I fell off the Iman pace and I was like, uh oh. And then I remembered reading in the coaching notes, just do it as an AMRAP till, you know, till eight or till nine or whatever until, you know, like keep going as an AMRAP or whatever. Um, yeah. So like, you know, it's, I think the, the coaching notes are good because like for stuff like that, but also say it wasn't in the coaching notes for, there was one, that bench one from, that was a fucking shit show. The, it was like calories, bench, calories, burpees. Burpees, yeah. Oh my god, that was a shit show. Because I've only one dumbbell, so I was like, I'll do bench like with the bar. And I was like, 50 kilos would be fine. And then after I did the first set of 50, I was like, hang on, 222s doesn't add up to 50. Why am I doing 50? But I was like, fuck it, I've committed. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a shit show. But it like say it wasn't written in that one, but I remembered it from the previous week. So then I just was like, I'll just keep going as uh, yeah. an AMRAP or whatever. Um, and then other things like I remember there was a few times where I looked at a workout and on paper i was like ah oh, no like that's gonna take me fucking ages like that's gonna take way too long but then like scrolling down it was like this should take you about nine minutes um don't let it take more longer than 11 or whatever and i was like oh okay i've obviously totally misjudged how long that takes someone to do that movement or whatever um so yeah the coaching notes and they're always really fucking detailed as well like it must take you ages to do just paragraphs on each of the things um but we mentioned there that in your experience you've qualified an athlete for semi-finals so you qualified for torian doing this so you finished in the inside the cut line for the open and then yeah actually, i actually i actually had a better result uh, actually i'll tell a lie i had the same result as last year but exclusively doing dad hours so this year all i've done is dad hours and uh and then obviously got through the open and then um the I wasn't going to do the quarterfinals because um, because I wasn't doing touring and you wasn't doing touring so I was like ah oh, what's the point and then like the Wednesday before like literally the day before the workouts came out was it or two days before so over here the workouts get released on the Friday morning mm. and then you've obviously got that sort of three day period where you've got to do the workouts and so the Wednesday of that week Kelly was just like. Why don't you just do it? And I already, I already had like one foot in the boat. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> if you insist. Didn't take much persuasion. Um, and then, but yeah, I was like, oh, I'll do it. And then I, you know, every, I, I didn't have, the Friday was a full day at, at recruits course, obviously. And so they, they do this thing now with the quarterfinals where you've got to do workout one and two by this time and then you've got to post the videos and so i didn't even get into the gym till seven o'clock at night and uh, and i just did the workouts back to back like i literally did the, did one i think i swapped them because there was like the muscle ups and ghds and pistols was one of them and i hadn't done pistol squat since fucking i don't know Torian. For a, for a, yeah pretty much and then we had like a handstand push-up lunge one i was like oh, all right and i was like looking at those and like the lunge handstand push-up was the first workout i was like uh, I'll I'll swap them because I know, you know, the muscle ups aren't going to feel too good after all those handstand push ups, which is a great call, by the way. Um, but I did, you know, I warmed up quickly. It was kind of like it was like oh fuck, it's seven o'clock at night. I'm like crack crack, let's go, <laughs> and I sort of got into it. Did the first workout, rested for about twenty minutes, and then did the second one, um, and got out of the gym at like nine o'clock at night or whatever. By the time we packed up and cleaned up, and, um, and I was like, oh well. 
put the video, put, you know, load the videos into YouTube and sent them away and then come back the next day and, you know, did the other workouts and, you know, and it just was pretty relaxed about the whole thing because I knew I wasn't competing at Torium, but I was like, this would just be a good opportunity to sort of see where I'm at. Um, I was looking after an athlete who competed at Torium this year, so I did a couple of the workouts with her. Um, you know, so it was kind of just a whole fun thing. I was talking to people through the workouts. Like it was <laughs> my mate who, uh, who sort of helps me with a lot of things was there and I was sort of joking around with him mid workouts and stuff. And I ended up getting the same result as last year, which uh, I came sixth in the quarterfinals over here, which was the same result as last year. But the difference between the two was night and day. Like I got sixth last year with a whole lot of stress and a whole lot of time and effort put into it. And then I got the same result this year and it was a complete piss take. And, uh, Maybe that was just maybe being relaxed was a good thing, but uh, what it proved to me, however, was that the I haven't lost any fitness. You know, like it's um, a lot of my workouts are more simplified at the moment. Y yesterday, my workout was five rounds of twenty calories on the ski erg and ten devils press, which you can expect to come in the program this week. Great. Have fun with that. Um, but like it was a five round workout. It took me about I think just over ten minutes. But you know, I just. I warmed up quickly and I just put as much effort into it as possible and I worked my ass off and it was really hard. Um, and, and that was it. And that's kind of how my days look at the moment. But, um, you know, as many people will come to find simplicity, um, is one of the easiest gateways to, to fitness because it's, um, the intensity is higher. There's no, there's, there's nothing you can hide behind. It's not like, oh, I need to rest for 30 seconds because I got to jump on the rings and do a set of 10 muscle ups. Like, um, not with devil's press and machines, you don't. You just, you just go. And it's, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of that at the moment. So my, and I'm still sprinkling in some of those skills to maintain them. Um, and it's, it seems to be, it seems to be working pretty well. You know, I tested all the Tory and Pro workouts um, this year. Uh, some, some of them tested multiple times and, uh, you know, my times would have held up pretty nicely, which is, which is cool. Um, it's, it's, it's very gratifying to know that not only is the programming that I'm putting out there, um, beneficial for people that are very time poor, um, and simple enough that it's accessible for, for a lot of people, but it still holds up to keeping people pretty damn fit as well. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proof of that, which is awesome. So, uh, yes, I had a massive base of fitness going into starting this program. I didn't just start from scratch and I don't try to hide that, but I'm not getting less fit. So it's not like I'm less fit than I was last year because I'm on a simple, uh, program like dad hours, um, in many areas, I think I'm even a little bit fitter. You know, there's some things where right now I don't think I can snatch. I don't think I can snatch 130 kilos right now because I haven't been Olympic lifting that much because I don't want to drop barbells in the morning. Um, I could probably still snatch 115 to 120 very comfortably, but like my top end strength probably isn't there right now, um, and that's okay. I accept that because of the work that I'm putting in. Um, but I could get that back pretty easily with some with some effort and dedication. And when I'm on shift and I can lift weights at, at a reasonable hour, um, you know, I can probably get back to that pretty quickly. But my fitness um, is through the roof. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to having all the skills of being one of the best athletes in the world, right now I don't have all that. 
but for the things I can dedicate myself to, um, it, it's proving that it still works really, really well. So um, that the, doing the, the quarterfinals and having tested the tour and pro workouts and, you know, giving myself evidence that this program is not only efficient, but also really effective was, has been really gratifying. Um, do you find it scary looking at, say, the Torian or just any of the semifinals? Like, do you look at them and think, like, fuck, like, athletes have come on so much. Like, I remember I saw you commenting on that Darren Ellis post where he's wearing the fucking gas mask doing, like, sectionals or whatever. Yeah. And, like, the sport has come on a lot since then, oh, obviously. Incredibly. But, like, even in the last few years, like, just, like, just the, the strength numbers are through the roof uh, yeah. for, every, like, all records. And I don't really count that rope climb one because it's not the same workout from regions. No, it's not, like, it's, it's not it's the same different. workout for all. Yeah. But, like, just average workouts. Like, you look at how long it takes people to do, like, there's workouts now with 40 calories on the echo bike, and people are doing them faster than they would have done 20 calories in the assault bike four or five yeah. years ago do you know it's just yeah. like all that stuff is going through the roof like do you look at that now and think like oh thank god i'm not <laughs> thank <laughs> god that isn't my focus yeah uh short answer yes uh <laughs> no it is it's um it's incredible it's this the standard just keeps rising um especially like I think in as a in the world in terms of like looking at like more of a broader view you know for the longest time i, I didn't feel like anyone was ever going to catch up to you know american athletes um but now the standard around the world is starting to really um really lift um you know like in in our you know obviously i can speak for oceania and our region down here but um, you know, the, the quality of athletes coming through and obviously the quality of athletes leading the charge. You know, if you look at the top three guys here, Jay Crouch, um, Ricky Garrard, Baden Brown, um, you know, phenomenal athletes in terms of what they are achieving um, across a wide range of skills and, and modalities. Um, and But also the amount of work that those boys are putting in to achieve that is uh is huge you know it's it's, it's all, like it's obviously different for them say than it was for you um like we say jay is in like his third year we'll say of like you know compet like a hugely competitive training where like you know he didn't he go team or something a few like three years yeah ago so or jay like jay obviously jay came through as a teen athlete a teenager uh, under rob forte yeah uh who like speaking from experience, like if you were going to, if you wanted anyone to be your mentor, um, Rob's the guy, like he's, he's done it all. Um, and, um, you know, phenomenal brain when it comes to building athletes. Um, so he came through under Rob very young age and then went team with Rob and then yeah. sort of just like gone individual and never look back um well like so say he's grown up in a period of time or he's he's evolved in the sport and um i suppose ricky's rebirth is going to be similar and mm. like you know uh baden's probably an outlier you know and like t and cara kind of have crossed well t is an anomaly i think and Kara's is an anomaly because she just has such a business brain apparently but like people like jay who like, do you ever 
begrudge the opportunities that they have like because it's it's a lot more of a fruitful environment now for i say if you compare when you started you really had to fucking graft hard to get like free shoes or you know what i mean whereas like now you can be like oh i want you to pay for my flights to madison or whatever like it's a lot um obviously you still have to be really good but it's a lot easier when you are good to make certain demands and there's a lot more opportunities and there's a lot more sponsors and there's a lot more brands in the space i do ever think of like oh fuck if i was starting like two years ago compared to 36 years ago like like do you ever think of it that way uh no, not really. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's just it's a different time. Um, I, I'm I'm one of the very I'm one of the one of the few, right? Like, it's in terms of um, you know, and there's people that that have gotten much more sponsorship and things like that than me. But there's also a shitload of people that have gotten a lot less than me. So I'm I'm I I every day thank my thank my lucky stars because I've had um, an unbelievable. You know, I always t- the way I kind of talk to people now. I talk to a lot of people like on the fire recruits course and stuff is like, I just, I describe it as like, it was an amazing way to spend my twenties. Like what a, what an incredible way to spend my entire twenties. Pretty much just like I got to um, work out for a living, travel around the world, you know, get free shit, you know, like, uh, you know, I've got a lot of that, which is in, in a nutshell, which is really cool. Yes. I had to work my ass off for it. Um, and I still am. Um, but it's, I never look at it and be like, oh, fuck, I wish I, I wish I was, you know, 20 now and not in 1986. Uh, <laughs> because, well, here's the thing. I had to work my ass off for that stuff. But at the same time, you know, fuck, Jay, Ricky, Baden, you know, those guys are working really, really, really fucking hard now too because it is a, like, Jay had to quit his job. You know, Jay was, a, I think, an electrician. Yeah. Um, you know, and he had to quit his job to, you know, for him to become, you know, the fittest guy in the country, he had to give up everything, um, you know, to do that. And uh, whilst I kind of had to do the same um, earlier on, it's um, it would be more of a commitment now than back then. And let me tell you, as an athlete that's gone through it and had all the sponsorships and um, I'm kind of on the other side now where, I'm content not having any, like I've got a few sponsors still and it's, it's great. And I really appreciate them. Um, but I'm at, I'm at the other point now where I just love being a part of the community and I'm really appreciative and grateful for the fact that I'm still sort of in it to a degree. Like I can still compete and like, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going for a game spot now and I appreciate the fact that if I wanted to do that, I would have to upend my life and, and, give up all the good stuff, family time, et cetera, to dedicate to that, which I'm not willing to do, but I've, I've off, off equity and reputation and, uh, and a decent fitness level. I can still compete, maybe top 10 at the tour and pro and be a part of this community and, and, and still get to sort of live that athlete lifestyle a little bit. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't ever look at it as if I should, or, you know, I'm, I'm upset that I don't have the opportunities these guys have now because um, they, those opportunities only come about because of the work that they're putting in. And the work that they have to put in now is exponentially higher than the work I put in 10 years ago. So uh, to, to, to get the same thing. And what I was getting at previously with having sponsors and appreciating them is like 
free shoes are cool for a little bit and then like you've still got to do all the burpees and all the lifting and all the like sweat and grind and you know for me it would be getting up at 4am and training for six hours a day like you've still got to do all that and mm. at the end of the day you look at them and you put your shoes on and you know they're nice when they come out of the package and then after a week they're just a pair of shoes so um and i don't want that to come across as like me not <laughs> grateful for anyone that sent me a pair of shoes before um but it doesn't really cut the mustard when it comes to putting the work in you've got to have a you've got to have a um a deeper meaning to, to why you do this um, because all that stuff comes and goes pretty quick and um, it doesn't help you get through the hard shit. That's for sure. Do you think um, we better finish up as well? Um, but do you think that hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, if you just had like loads of time, so I don't know, your firefighting moves online, you just have lots of time. So, <laughs> um, if someone came to you at like 18 who just had an average life and was like, you know, didn't have any major surgeries or injuries or anything, didn't have, you know, they were like fairly strong mentally. They were just fine, like normal person. And they came to you and said, I want to go to the CrossFit Games and I'll do whatever you tell me to do for the next four years. Do you think that anyone could like if they if they dedicate everything or do you think that it's people who are predisposed to uh or or have it in them innate to to go to places that other people won't or 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 who you know have an advantage of they did gymnastics or they did weightlifting or they did both or they did track or they did whatever like do you think or dna just is different do you think that just a randomer could say i want to do it and then have someone like you or rob or you know matt or whoever take them on and say, just do exactly what I tell you to do for the next three years and I'll get you there? Or do you think that now we're at a point where because everyone is so much better and because the standard is so much higher that you now have to have whatever prior experience or something different in your makeup? Yeah, that's, oh man, that question could be another 90 minute podcast <laughs> all by itself easily. Um, I'll try and keep it brief somewhat. The... I do think we now live in an age where it certainly will assist you having prior experience, good DNA, or, you know, I think or everything above that you listed, I think is going to help you there. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there are people who are not better conditioned and better built for this sport than others, because there are people that are simple as that when it comes to genetic makeup and all that sort of stuff. I also think that, if you have an athletic background, particularly certain sports, it will serve you really well. Um, and do I think that if an athlete, if I took two 18 year olds of the same age, size, et cetera, and you give me the one and you give me two of them and they're going to give me, they're both going to give me the same amount of effort and they're going to show up every day to the gym and they're going to train really hard. And this one has, um, 10 years of, um, you know, high level sporting experience and this one did nothing. If they work the same way and they have the same graft and the same drive, the guy with the athletic experience is probably going to pit the other guy. Like it's, it's, that's just, that's just the way it's going to work. Um, however, I also do not want it to come across that it cannot be done. Um, because speaking from my own experience, I was never a phenomenal athlete myself. 
if you put in the yearbook most likely to become a professional athlete, it was not me. Uh, <laughs> I love sport. I was always very competitive. I've always been extremely driven. Um, I've always been the kind of guy that wanted to give the very best of myself to every single thing that I did. Um, whether it was being a student, whether it was like, it was dumb shit in school. Like if we like, you know, we did Japanese and French and stuff in primary school and we would always do these title pages, which was like this competition where you'd like do a little page of like that country or whatever. And I always wanted to win. Like I always put hours and hours into these title pages and like just make it perfect. Um, and I would be gutted if I didn't. And so I've always been driven to be the best at anything. Um, but was I a phenomenal athlete? No. Was I, was I a peak physical specimen when I was younger? Certainly not. I was, I was an overweight kid up until 15. Um, and, but I had that graft and that drive and that determination. And that saw what happened was that all of the other natural athletes that I grew up with either tried to rely on their natural athleticism and then realized how fucking hard it is to become a professional athlete and gave up pretty quickly. And I just never really had the dream of becoming a professional athlete, but I worked my ass off and I took that same approach that I took to everything in my life and eventually it paid off. And so if I can do that, then if an 18 year old comes to me with that same like-mindedness and they want to go to the games, I'm who am I to say that it can't be done? You know, what is your new tagline for dad hours. HG, HGEPO, he, hard, hard, hard graft eventually pays off. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it needs some work, workshop, <laughs> workshop, it needs, it needs some work. Um, are you gonna let be, are you gonna be allowed to grow your beer back, uh, now that you've qualified on your, Look, I, I would, I would hope so. I wish I could, um, but no, so this is me now for the next 30 years, unfortunately. So, what's with the, the behind uh, it? Hey. What's the logic behind not having a match? Surely you just get burnt off in the first fire you go to anyway. <laughs> Two things. Uh, one, one is professionalism. Uh, it's very, it's, there is that sort of old school professionalism of the profession. Um, you are allowed to have a mustache. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm allowed to have a mustache at work. I'm just not allowed <laughs> to have a mustache at home. <laughs> okay. So you'd have to either uh, buy a plaster to cover it at home or a fake mustache that you only wear at work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but the other thing is that the breathing apparatus is a big one for safety. So you've got to be able to oh, create yeah. an airtight seal on your face. Otherwise, why don't you why don't you measure your mask right and yeah, like draw lines be... and just shave inside shave the lines of the mask? Have these really weird lines that yeah I could yeah just do have that. a perfect like just have some it's like a gas face. mask but it's a beard. <laughs> yeah, now unfortunately, I uh, yeah I I have to um go clean shaven now so uh, i'm working on the mustache thing i'm thinking i'm going to lead into it with uh movember because it's oh, a yeah. big thing Iris over here is movember so i'm just gonna i'm gonna tell my wife you know it, it's for movember and then and then i'm just never gonna shave it off what you should so. do is for movember do like a hitler mustache <laughs> so then when movember is over like anything will be better than that like she'll take handlebars over the hitler mustache or the charlie chaplin i think that's um, yeah that's the be the, the route I have to take. I was like, but remember the Hitler mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, Adolf? Yeah. <laughs> Do we really want to go back to that? Because that's the only alternative. Um, look, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. It's it's been great getting to catch up. Um, 
obviously we've talked a lot since you were last on, but it's great getting to chat in a in a long form. I think everything you're doing with that hours is fantastic, and watching it grow is like I have a, a weird sense of pride in what you're doing. I think because I think it was a like. I, I was kind of in on the ground floor, so I got to see that it was like, oh, I'm thinking of starting this thing and then like seeing what it's become is remarkable, especially in such a short space of time. But I think it speaks to your, um, well, a lot of things. I think your charisma and your likability and then also just your knowledge and your empathy towards others that you're like, this is fucking hard and I bet it's hard for other people. And I think a lot of people maybe aren't as quick to get there as you are. So um, thanks for the, the programming, even though I, never say it during a workout i'll say it now um i appreciate that thank you 